is up for realists coming to you from los angeles california this is for real i'm greg and i'm tyler and guys we are back for another action-packed week i hope that you're ready tyler you ready oh i'm ready sir oh man it's 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 surprisingly we have had a lot going on in the movie industry this week um but before we get into that uh, what's going on with you ty how you been been good uh like you said just surprised that we kind of have a lot to talk about today on top of another uh fun filled getting real that you will be uh participating with me this time so that excites me uh-huh. uh, but yeah uh last week we talked game changing things now we're there's a couple game changing things still in there but not nothing on that level but still excited absolutely all right well to get us off we know we got our Real news for real news coming to you. Tyler, you got the first story. Come bring it in. Bring it in, Tyler. Bring it in. Bringing it in, good sir. So the thriller Run, which is director Anish Chiganti's follow-up to his 2018 thriller Searching, was originally scheduled to open Mother's Day of this year, will instead debut on Hulu, release date TBD. But this also actually isn't the only Lionsgate film to back off of a theatrical release. Uh, Janelle Monet's thriller Antebellum will debut on PVOD on September 18th. Greg, we keep seeing these, uh, these pieces fall. We keep seeing these theaters backing away from theatrical. What are your thoughts? I, I think that it's a very smart thing to do, especially, going, especially in the times that we're at. And, and we talked about this last week. We said that that one studio is going to change the game. We saw the big change last week, and everybody's kind of looking to see if they could get a piece of that PVOD pie. I, 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 would, I was hoping to see Annabellum on the big screen, but it makes sense. It makes sense that you, that you have a product like this and that you want to get your returns as quickly as possible. You don't want it sitting on the shelf because as it sits on the shelf, it's going to accrue debt. You don't want, you don't want that to happen. We've already put out the, the marketing tools out there. You don't want to lose the, the attraction for it. And if you put back in more marketing dollars, like Tyler explained a couple weeks ago, you're going to lose a lot of the, the viewership to begin with. You can't, you can't make a film and then furthermore market the film and then not release the film. You're going to lose a lot of, of, of eyeballs that way. So it, it's something that we've been, we've been talking about a lot and it's something that we're seeing moving in motion right now especially with what seems to be a lack of change in the social climate at the moment uh next up we have uh some big news talking about one of the biggest directors in hollywood martin scorsese has signed a first look multi-year deal for film and tv projects with who else other than apple tv plus who will be releasing his next movie killers of the flower moon that project left Paramount with budget disputes, similar to what happened with The Irishman. This time he's going Apple TV Plus instead of Netflix. And Apple TV Plus will be backing this project uh, with uh, $200 plus million for the budget for this and will also allow him the creative freedom and support on any of his upcoming projects. Tyler, what does this mean? I, I mean, Martin was one of those who was an advocate for big screen as well, correct? Correct. I, I think he's 
to, to use a phrase that we use a lot on this show, he's seeing the writing on the wall and he has a lot of these ambitious projects that studios don't want to pony up the money for. So he's going to the people who will because he likes making movies and he wants to keep making them and providing that form of entertainment for people. So I, I, this is clearly a business move for him and Apple TV is looking to throw their hat in the ring. They've had a couple of successes with some of the movies that they've acquired already and put out, but this, this could be the move that really puts them on the map and keeps them viable and competitive in the streaming market. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. The dude, now I, we keep on, we keep on coming back to this question. Do you think that this move could possibly influence some of the other advocates for theater viewing, need I say his name, James Cameron, <laughs> to do certain deals like this in the future? I, I think that there are certain people who like Mr. Cameron and Mr. Nolan who will avoid going to streaming for their projects as long as they can. They will always make movies that they feel need to be seen on the big screen. We'll shoot them that way. We'll go to the studios that way and we'll do everything that they can to make sure that they are released that way. What's our next story up? So next up for all of you clamoring for this, My Spy 2 is in development at Amazon and STX. Yay! <laughs> Look, I, I saw the movie. I, I think Batista and his relationship with the girl, along with their co-star Kristen Schaal, they're very funny together, and those were the most enjoyable parts of the movie. But it's, it's surprising. Well, actually, no. It's not surprising to me that this movie was a big hit on Amazon because what do families want right now? Entertainment. So they probably flocked to this movie as good entertainment for their kids. So I'm, I'm not surprised. I'll, I'm curious what they're going to do with it or go now. I feel like they probably wore the concept out, but who knows? Tyler, go ahead and take the next one. You know what? I feel like the next one, the next one kind of feels like, feels like something that you're going to put justice to. <laughs> Uh, again, another project announced the long rumored sequel to 2010's Tron Legacy. It's apparently still happening and it's going to star Jared Leto and be directed by Garth Davis, who directed Lion and Mary Magdalene with the mysterious title Tron Ares that we only know about because Leto spoiled it on his social media. I don't know if I'm excited for this or not. When Tron Legacy came out, I was not a fan of it. I thought it was very, very empty entertainment. And I actually rewatched it this year in quarantine. It's not as bad as I remembered it. And I kind of ended up enjoying it. The, I, I kind of wish that it would take off more with that story and those characters, Especially there's a character played by Killian Murphy who's only in like the first five minutes of the movie that I would love to see come back. And he still might. We don't know. Nothing else has been announced other than its title. I, I, I don't think we need to be throwing Jared Leto more projects. I really don't no. think we do. Yeah, he's a talented guy, but I don't know. The, 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 the movies that he's in just don't excite me. 
I think I think I won't want to take food out of my mind's mouth. Like you know, like let him get his projects. But at the same time, like I think what needs to happen is that his administration, the people that are doing the work in the background for him, need to find stuff that's gonna fuel him differently. Uh, we all know about the great disaster of Suicide Squad and his Joker character, and you know he's he's a he seems or at least appears to be a difficult person to work with, doesn't mean that he hasn't put out good work. Similarly, the, the hype around him has cooled off quite a bit and this project isn't steaming up anything anytime soon. Speaking of actors, <laughs> you know, speaking of, uh, about projects, it has been announced that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is the highest paid actor for the second year in a row raking in $87.5 million at the top of the list. Next up, the next person on the list, the second highest paid actor is Ryan Reynolds. You have Mark Wahlberg, Ben Affleck, Vin Diesel, Akshay Kumar, Lin-Manuel Miranda, which I love this dude now. I think I've become a, 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 a what do you call it, a Hamilton, one of those guys. Like all, like I've been using quotes from the movie and everything. It's crazy. Um, Will Smith, my guy, uh, Adam Sandler, and Jackie Chan, all on the top 10 list. Lowest paying actor on this list is coming in at $40 million. I'm, I'm happy for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I think that a lot of people were skeptical with his acting career when he, when he first started. And he seems to, he's an animal as, as a worker, first and foremost, has serious work ethic. So it's not a surprise that his success is coming the way that it is, but it's even more impressive that, you know, he is not, he doesn't originate from the acting field, but he has come across and he's done almost every type of project that you could think about, mostly focused on the blockbusters right now. But I think the saddest part for me is that there aren't more women on this list. That's the only thing that, that I'm looking at this list and I'm, um, um, I'm really disheartened by is that I, I would love to see a Scarlett Johansson on, on that list somewhere. You know, I, I love to see um, uh, Aquafina on that list somewhere. I like to see, you know, uh, there are a bunch of female actors that, that should be on this list that we don't see on this list. Um, and it might, it might be one out of, it might be a couple things. It might be the administration that, the, that is working for them, is not getting them the types of deals that they need to be getting. What's her name? I, oh, oh, Tyler, help me out. I'm trying to figure. I'm trying give me, to give me the movie. The the female John Wick. She was in Bombshell. She was in Margot Robbie. No. Um, why can't I remember? Charlie Stern. Thank you. There's Stern. She should be on this list. Oh, absolutely. Because that woman, she works harder than anybody in this business, and has been on multiple projects and still can't break into this list. That's something that I I wish I could see a little bit more of when it comes to this. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, I mean, admittedly with the lack of women, I'm, am happy that it is a pretty diverse list. It's not just all white guys, you know, True. ruling the list. There, there is some diversity there, but mm -hmm. you're right. Charlie Theron should be here. Natalie Portman should be there. Mm -hmm. Scarlett Johansson should be there. Florence Pugh should be there. You know, like there, there are lots and lots of quality female actresses who put in the hard work. Margot Robbie, I can't remember if I said her or not. There, there's a lot of people who should be on this list that mm -hmm. are not. 
I can't remember. I can't believe that it took me so long to remember Charlie Theron's name. Like, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed in myself right now. <laughs> me too. Me too. But the, the thing about it is that, like, even though I couldn't remember her name in the moment, like, I, like her face is implanted into my mind because of all the work that she's done in this business and how hard of a worker she is. So that's, that's my only takeaway. That's my, that's my down takeaway. But I'm really happy for Dwayne. The Rock Johnson. So our last piece of news, uh, although last week we both believed that this was going to go to Disney Plus, New Mutants is still scheduled to be released in theaters on August 28th, including IMAX, with tickets going on sale next week. Is this going to change? And if it doesn't, are drive-ins about to be ready to make a killing? Mm-hmm. I have my own theories about this. I honestly think that if it does just get released and end up in drive-ins, I think this is just Disney's way of saying we released it to get it off their books. I think they're tired of holding on to this. Yeah. But that that's just me. It's costing them too much money. It's costing them too much money to hold on to. Now, it, it initially didn't. They inherited this movie from Fox you know, especially with the with the way that they're handling the brand changeover off of all the acquisitions, including bringing back Touchstone, which is pretty exciting. I think that for the most part, it's just to kind of like get this get this one out the way. It's not their baby. It's not Mulan. But it's it's not their cash cow. They're not they're not looking to make five hundred million dollars off of this film at all. Um, they're they're more looking to to just. Get, get it out there. The, the projects that aren't going to make them that kind of money, they're probably just going to toss that out and, and kind of have that be talked about for whatever. Re- they're they're going to receive pocket change from this film. Will it, will it work out? I don't know. We'll see how it goes. This, this one, this, this, the most exciting thing, this is, feels like a sweep under the rug, but the most exciting thing about Disney, and they have, like, guys, let me tell you something. I've I've been doing a little research as to all the the franchises, the products that Fox has attained throughout the years, and I realized that there were there were some Marvel ca- uh, characters in the mix of that as well. We'll get into that a little bit later, Tyler. Probably not this episode. We'll go for another episode and talk about it. That acquisition, Disney is gonna make mad money. They spent what seventy one billion dollars on Fox. Something like that, right? They they're gonna they're gonna make a killing off of some of the franchise, especially the kids' products, guys. So last week, Tyler so graciously honored me with kudos for calling it on Disney. I'm gonna try and call it again. In the next 12 years, the the revitalized franchises that Disney's gonna bring forward off of the Fox plate is gonna make them 10x what they just bought Fox for last year. And it's ridiculous. Stuff that you wouldn't even think about. I look forward to seeing if that comes true, Greg. You're going to have me in suspense for a long time. <laughs> well, it won't, it won't take 12 years for us to start seeing the signs. But it'll definitely take 12, 12 years or so for it to start developing and start doing something that we're going to be, we're going to look back on it in the next 12 years and we're going to be like, Wow that was the strategic move. And I'm kind of wondering what they're going to buy next. I, that's, that's the exciting thing for me on my, on my Disney watch, looking at, looking at what Disney's moves are strategically to make their company even more dominant than what they are right now. But guys, 
let me tell you something. I say that a lot because I'm about to tell you something. With things happening the way that they are in the world, we've seen the reemergence of sports, live sports. Sports is everywhere. The, 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 there have been discussions as to whether uh, college football in the United States should be restarted, uh, if they should do, if the NFL should do a bubble similar to the NBA to better protect the players and whatnot. So I came to Tyler and I said, Tyler, we need to have a discussion about sports in movies. And Tyler said, Greg, you're not giving me enough time. I don't know if I can pull this list together, but he did it, guys. He did it. And even better, I came up with a top 10, too. So as we get into Tyler's top 10, you ready, Ty? I'm ready with, uh, with the quick reminder. If you don't hear me talk about it on this list or you think something might be missing, there's a chance I might not have seen it. But I'll go ahead and uh, tell you right now, I have not seen Bring It On. Gotcha. Don't fret. I just haven't seen it. And also, I don't like Raging Bull, so it's not going to be on this list. In, in terms of that, I, I, the, the difference with that statement is I have seen Bring It On. Wouldn't have made my top ten anyway. And I have not seen Raging Bull, uh, which I've heard is, is a movie classic. I don't know if it's a sports movie classic. But this is Tyler's Top 10 Sports Edition. Honorable mention, really quickly, to get this out of the way. This is in no particular order. We have Foxcatcher, The Way Back, 42, Any Given Sunday, and Cool Runnings. Wow. I'm, I'm still amazed at Any Given Sunday being in that honorable mention. But, Tyler, you know what? This, this, this is your Top 10. But let me, let me, let me explain to the, to the people out there the rules of engagement for this top 10. So usually on the top 10, I follow Tyler's lead when it comes down to what his top 10 is. This time, because I'm also an avid sports fan, so is Tyler, Tyler's an avid sports fan, but there were certain things on this list I disagreed with, guys. <laughs> there were certain things on this list I could not let go, and I had to bring in my own input so what my top 10 is going to be as well. So rules of engagement for this one, is that Tyler's going to launch out his numbers in accordance to my numbers. So Tyler's going to go out with number 10, and then I'm going to throw out my number 10. And we're going to give a short, brief explanation as to why we think this fits in our top 10. Guys, if you don't believe that these things should be in our top 10, please leave a comment on any one of our social medias, and we will have this discussion. So, Tyler, what's your number 10? My number 10 is I, Tanya. So the film focuses on Tanya Harding and her rise and eventual fall in the world of figure skating thanks to her involvement in a scandal involving fellow skater Nancy Kerrigan being kneecapped prior to skating in the Olympics. Margot Robbie's fantastic. I think if you've seen any of your other movies, you would agree she's fantastic in everything she's in. She was also nominated for an Oscar for this, as is Allison Janney, who won the Oscar as her monstrous and just all-around terrible mother. Uh, they all aren't the only acting standouts. Sebastian Stan plays against type as her abusive on and off again husband. And Paul Walter Hauser steals every scene he's in as one of her accomplices. It's a truly unique and entertaining biopic, 
even if it asks you to sympathize with Harding just a little bit. <laughs> I, Tanya, did not make my top 10. My number 10 would be Pumping Iron, the documentary uh, following Arnold Schwarzenegger around uh, through his, I think it was his 10th Ironman competition, uh, Mr. Olympia competition. Fundamentally, the most influential documentary of its time when it comes to weightlifting. I know that many, many people have watched this film and have become weightlifters and bodybuilders because of it. Uh, it has to fit in there, especially with the with how amazing Arnold Schwarzenegger is and his journey and what he's been through and what he's gone through, where he's at right now, and what he's been able to accomplish. One of the most influential movies, sports movies of its time. Cool. That is one I have not seen. <laughs> to, to bring us back around to what I said prior to us announcing our list. So <laughs> my number nine is Coach Carter. Uh, like a surprising number of movies on this list, it's a true story. Sam Jackson plays the real-life Ken Carter, who took a head coaching job at his high school alma mater and discovers how undisciplined the team is and decides to take matters into his own hands. He makes the players sign contracts with him with certain bench benchmarks that they have to hit to stay on the team, which forces them to clean up their act. And despite some missteps, slowly but surely the team begins to turn around under his guidance. This is one of my favorite Samuel Jackson roles. It's a very, very inspirational story about overcoming your odds and your home situation as well. I, I think it's a movie that's easily, easily forgotten. I would agree that it is a movie that's easily forgotten. However, well, in, in this case, is also my number nine being Coach Carter. Guys, let me tell you something. This list was hard to put together, but it is one of the most heartfelt sports movies of its time, of all time, as a matter of fact. This movie brings together the influence of discipline into an indisciplined environment, the changing of young lives. Uh, one of the first times I've seen Channing Tatum on screen. Uh, a bunch of other actors that are, that are well known to this. Also one of my favorite uh, performances by Samuel L. Jackson. And yeah, so Tyler, we're in agreement on that one. Number nine's good. Number nine's good. What is your number eight? Number eight is Goon. It's uh, directed by actor uh, Jay Baruchel. It's a brutal and brutally funny movie. Sean William Scott stars as Doug Glatt. He's a bouncer who becomes the star of a minor league hockey team as an enforcer who's there to protect the team's stars. This leads to a hilarious and very violent showdown with Ross the Boss Ray, who's played by Liev Schreiber, who's this is one of my favorite things he's ever been in, who is a rival enforcer. Uh, they're both delightful, and the fights are bone-crunching. You know what? Haven't watched Goon. Oh, at least I've watched it, but it wasn't that impactful to me. My number eight is actually going to Million Dollar Baby. So Million Dollar Baby, uh, story directed, co-produced, and scored by Clint Eastwood. Fantastic performance performances by him, uh, Morgan Freeman, and Hilary Swank. I'm not even going to go too much into it, guys. If you haven't seen this movie, you definitely have to. It is one of the most heart-wrenching stories that you would see. Clint Eastwood is fantastic in it. Hilary Swank is fantastic in it. You have to go watch that. 
movie as soon as you can, right after the, the podcast. That movie exhausted me. Yes. Yes, but it's so good. It's but it's very, so good. It's, it's very good. It, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just thinking, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, to, not to spoil it, but make sure that you have the rest of your night cleared out for some, uh, for some thinking and some time for you to come down because it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an emotional wallet. So, Tyler, what is your number seven? Number seven is Rudy. Rudy, Rudy. Uh, it's a childhood favorite of mine. Stories about Rudy Rudiger, played by Sean Astin. He's always dreamed for playing, uh, dreamed of playing football at Notre Dame. Just doesn't have the money or grades to do so. So he goes to a nearby school, keeps applying, finally gets accepted and walks onto the football team uh, where he makes the practice squad and finally gets to chance to suit up for a game his senior year where he makes a tackle in a game that's not very close but he still makes a tackle and mm-hmm. is carried off the field sean astin's great but it also uh features very strong supporting performances by vince vaughn and john favreau it's a true underdog story and you're lying if you tell me you don't tear up when all the Notre Dame players show up at the coach's office, lay down their jerseys and say, this is for Rudy, let him play. Like he can take my spot. Mm-hmm. Tell me that that is not one of the most happy, sad moments that you've ever seen in a movie. I cry every time. I can already tell a lot of people you're lying to yourselves. <laughs> Definitely an influential story. Definitely a fantastic movie. It's actually higher up on my list. But for my number seven, I come with the intellectual drama Draft Day, starring Kevin Costner. Um, it's basically about the, the NFL draft. Now, the reason why I love this movie so much is because of how intellectually fitting it is. Now, I'm a, an avid NFL fan, and I like the analytical side of that sport more than, not not more than the actual action, but I do like the background work, what the managers do, what the, what the coaches talk about. And then it, it also starred uh, Chadwick Brosman um, as the, the character who got drafted first. But that's so embedded into the story. You guys, if you haven't seen this one now, I, I'm doing some research. I've realized it hasn't done very well in terms of its box office results. So a lot of people did not go out and watch this movie, but I'm telling you, if you haven't, you're missing out on gold, guys. Kevin Costner is amazing. Probably my favorite performance by Kevin Costner. If you haven't seen this one, you got to go watch this one. Tyler, what is your number six? Before I jump into my number six, I just want to point out the numbers guy likes a movie about analytics. What? (laughs) Who saw that coming? That's the reason for a, a, another movie on my list, but we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Another movie that we actually both agree on. But number right. six is Miracle. Uh, I like this movie more than I should. I really <laughs> do. Uh, it follows a miracle on ice where the U.S. men's hockey team upset the Russian team in the 1980 Winter Olympics on their way to winning the gold medal. Again, another true story. We all know the ending, but it doesn't take away from the energy and the crowd pleasing nature of how this movie 
is retold on the big screen. So I'm going to be real short with my number six, uh, which was Tyler's number seven, Rudy. Heartfelt movie. Tyler's talked about it. I'm, I'm not going to go too much into that. Tyler, what is your number five? Number five is D2, The Mighty Ducks. Uh, <laughs> it's another childhood favorite. And surprisingly, I like it better than the original Mighty Ducks. Uh, and this one, it follows the Ducks with some new additions as they represent uh, the USA at the Junior Goodwill Games in an effort to take down the mighty Iceland team. Uh, it does resort to all the sports cliches in the book, but it's a lot of fun. And in the end, sentimentality wins out. So, you know what? I'm not even mad at that one. Not even mad at that. Um, didn't make my top 10 at all. My number five is Disney's Invincible, starring Mark Wahlberg as Vince Powell. If you have not seen this movie, it is probably one of the best works that Mark Wahlberg has done, honestly. And that that's even beyond pain and gain. I think that, like, I really enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed the I, – it would never make me an Eagles fan. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you that much. Um, but um, based on a true story, I, I really enjoyed this film. This film was one of those from my childhood as well and one that I've watched quite recently and couldn't take my eyes off the movie. Great acting, great directing, influential film of the sporting kind. Well, before, before we go on, you might actually get to see uh... – more stories like this in the future because the NFL did announce that they are allowing walk-ons for NFL teams for the players sitting out this year. Yeah. Oh man. Strap up Tyler. We're going to the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, Tyler, what is your number four? Number four is a combo for me. It is Rocky and Creed. Uh, so Rocky is one of the first sports movies I remember seeing when I was a kid. Uh, it's another underdog tale with Stallone's uh, Rocky Balboa on his quest to take down and defeat famed boxer Apollo Creed. Uh, I remember as a kid the the iconic running up the steps and doing the you know the the arms in the air celebration that he does in that movie. I did that so many times when I was a kid, and up until Creed, I didn't think Stallone has really matched how good and how talented he showed that he could be mm -hmm. in that movie. A lot of sequels to this that didn't really stand up to what the first one was until Creed stars Michael B. Jordan as uh, Apollo Creed's son Adonis. And both he and Stallone give incredibly sympathetic and nuanced performances. Uh, and the director, Ryan Coogler, recaptured the energy and the feeling that I felt watching that original rocky rocky didn't make my list though i know a lot of people would be mad about that rocky did not make my list i would i would say that creed 2 would probably sneak into my 11th spot because <laughs> uh, i enjoy i enjoyed that movie a lot I, I think i enjoyed that movie more than i should honestly but i did i did like that more than creed 1 or any of the rockies that have been released but my number five actually also goes number four why am i so off my number four also goes to uh a, a disney production called remember the titans uh starring denzel washington ryan Gosling, and will Patton. 
this movie was made in 2000, a super influential film about a black coach who came into Virginia, Virginia high school and changed the way in which this uh, changed the way in which the community saw uh, black players saw segregation. One of the most influential movies of its time. I would say if that came out now, it would make boatloads of money because a lot of people go watch it. It made boatloads boatloads of cash back then, but I'm I'm talking about like now in this climate, like it would make boatloads more money for Disney. But then Disney never really loses. So we've been talking about this for a long time. But um, storyline-wise, influential films of the 2000s at least but of all time tyler we're getting down to we're getting down to the nitty-gritty set tyler what is your number three uh my number three should please your analytical and numbers driven brain uh my number three is moneyball i i am not a math person i did terrible in math at school and math and i are not friends and i never thought that i would be so entertained and enthralled by a movie about math and numbers, but this did the trick. The film's about uh, the Oakland A's and their general manager, Billy Bean, who's played by Brad Pitt, and he attempts to use computer analytics to build a winning team by spending the least amount of money possible, using Mm -hmm. statistics instead of buying big-name players. Mm -hmm. And to me, this is one of the best, if not the best baseball movies. And we barely see any baseball actually played. Mm -hmm. It's very smart. It's written by Aaron Sorkin and all the actors are fantastic. And I would agree with this number three selection as as it also falls into my number three, a great performance by Jonah Hill. I think this was one of the first times I've seen him as well. Um, Other than uh, super bad, which I think was before. The, the reason why this falls into my number three and it had to fall and had to fall on this list in general is that we see this happening in sports today. Analytics is king right now. People are, are utilizing it. People are, are, are swearing by it. It is the way in which the game is played now. And I, I think that this still, especially in, in, in some of the baseball teams uh, where you see on one side, you see a lot of big bad contracts and then on the other side, you see a lot of this type of this type of approach to developing a team and bringing a team to a championship. So, influential movie. I got I gotta say that this this is one that I also couldn't take my eyes off because they they talking about the money and how to be efficient with it and how to do it the way that it's supposed to be done. Tyler, hit me with that number two, son. Number two is Warrior. The this is an emotional movie a very, very emotional movie. And just even writing about it or thinking about it is bringing me back to the emotion that I felt watching this movie. And I went with one of my good friends to see it and we both couldn't get up out of our seats for a long time. And we left just with tears in our eyes. Uh, Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy, they play estranged brothers who are both mixed martial arts fighters who are competing in a tournament that's basically setting them up to fight each other and to meet. Edgerton is trained by his father, played by Nick Nolte. Uh, The final fight is just brutal and an emotional climax and had me on the edge of my seat. 
everyone is amazing in this movie. Everyone, even Nick Nolte, they, they all hit levels that I have not seen them hit in a very, very long time. And the, again, I keep saying it, but the ending is a punch in the gut. I second that motion. The only reason why it's not number one is because my number one is even more uh, emotional uh, to me than that. This movie, uh, little fun fact, this movie was the first movie to ever make me cry twice. And the first movie to make me cry, period. So uh, I remember I remember watching this movie and, and every time that I see it, I always get super emotional about it. The, 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 you can see the love between the two brothers, but the, 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 the dislike for, for, um, for each other because of past, everyone, everyone's history kind of floods onto the screen in, in a really tumultuous way and hits you right in the feels. I don't know how else to explain it. If you haven't seen this one, this is also one that didn't do very well in the box office, but let me tell you something. This is, the, if not, one of the best sports movies I've seen in a long time. Tyler, we're down to it. Let's get in that. Number one. So number one for me is Friday Night Lights. Uh, to this day, it is one of the most realistic portrayals of sports and ultimately losing that I've seen. Uh, it follows a well-known Texas high school team, the Permian Panthers, and their quest to bring home a state championship. Uh, the young cast is great. Uh, Derek Luke is the star running back who suffers a heartbreaking setback. And Lucas Black plays the quarterback with a very abusive father, played by Tim McGraw. And sure it comes down to the cliche of losing by inches but that this is the best i've seen peter berg direct something and he recreates the events of the title game so vividly that it's really hard to fault the fact that the movie kind of ends on a cliche and having been through some similar situations playing sports in high school myself and the film did come out my at the end of my senior year of high school, I could and still do relate to the hurt that it ultimately shows at the end of the movie. This this is where this is where we have a disagreement. And it's not because this isn't a great movie. As a matter of fact, just because you have it on your top ten, I'm probably gonna go back and watch the movie and make sure you talk about everything you talk about. <laughs> let me tell you guys something. My number one goes to Something that fell on Tyler's honorable mention. It hurt me. This hurt me so deeply that I had to. I had to put it on my list. I had to bring my list for it because initially, guys, I wasn't gonna bring for the list. I wasn't gonna bring for the list. I wasn't gonna bring for anything. I usually go with what Tyler says because he's so amazing at this. But I strongly disagree with this as not being the number one sports film of all time. Any given Sunday, guys, was in his honorable mentions. It was just in his honorable mentions. Any Given Sunday, starring Al Pacino, Cameron Diaz, and Jamie Foxx, is the most influential sports film of all time. Also has one of the best sports speeches of all time. If you haven't seen this movie and you're a sports lover, you need to go watch this movie. There's, not, there's nothing else to say. Nothing if, else. If, if anything, I will agree for the speech 
granted you won't get the some of the emotion behind the speech and and if you just go youtube the speech it's still a really really good speech mm-hmm. but it works so well within the context of the movie it, it's not just one of the greatest sports speeches i'd say it's one of the greatest movie speeches it's it, it is one of the things that i do greatly remember from the i, I will never forget that speech and I'm sorry it's on my honorable mention, Greg. I'm sorry that it that something that I did hurt you this badly. It it hurt me, Tyler. I was I was in pain. I was in pain, Tyler. I, I saw I saw it on your honorable mentions. I said, no way, I got I have to. I have to, if not, put out my own list, pay it its respects, make sure that it gets the 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 respect that it deserves. But I am gonna go back and watch Friday Night Lights. Not gonna lie. Um, but for some reason that didn't impact me the way that it did. Probably because quite recently I watched the drama um, that was on Netflix, Friday Night Lights. Didn't quite enjoy that as much as the movie. Left a kind of bad taste in my mouth. But I will go watch this. It's directed by one of my favorite directors, Peter Berg. So this is something that I, I, I don't disagree with it being on the list. I'm just saying. You know, give give <laughs> any given Sunday somewhere in my top five, man. Like it's gotta be at least top five. It's honorable mentions, guys. You said it was honorable mentions. I didn't say serious? in order. It it could have very well been number eleven. <laughs> it's not guys. Thank you again for joining us for another episode of the For Real Podcast. For content like this that is so energetic and so what what can i say so guys you you know that we love movies right and i i know that you guys if you're not a movie lover at least you watch the movie but if you want to get more educated on movie watching movie going movie enjoyment you need to go onto your laptop onto your phone onto your desktop whatever machine you have and go into the search menu and type in AfterTheCreditsBlog.com. Go to AfterTheCreditsBlog.com. Written by Tyler Harley. Tyler watches everything. Watches over 300 movies a year. That's an exaggeration. But he watches about 300 movies a year. If not, he he has so much screen time under his belt that you guys, he goes and he writes these fantastic reviews, has these director series, screenwriter series. Guys, go to AfterTheCreditsBlog.com. And after you read a review on AfterThePressBlog.com, flip back over to Facebook and follow, like, and share AfterThePressBlog.com uh, page. You have to do this. There's, there's no other, like, after you listen to this podcast, there's no other, there's nothing left for you to do other than go watch the movies. And after you watch the movies, you read the reviews, keep that cycle going. So AfterThePressBlog.com, guys, you need to go follow, like, share on Facebook. It will improve your life. There's... There's, there's nothing else there's nothing else to do nothing else to say your your review of my website makes me blush every time <laughs> every time <laughs> but it's the truth i i cannot speak it more into existence than what it is right now guys thank you so much for joining us this week again uh all the people around the world i see clicks from uh people in germany i've seen i saw one from scotland so scotland's in the house we got Ireland in the business. We got we got uh, all over the United States, guys. 
continue to like, share, follow, subscribe. We, we are on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. You're going to see some stuff from me on TikTok very soon. You're going to see the uh, Freel podcast everywhere. 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 So you should go ahead, log in, subscribe, follow, and share. And that has been another great episode of Freel.